and welcome to the Beginner's Handbook. I'm Jordan. I'm Jamie. And this episode we're going to be talking about sensitive sensitive subjects in your games. So, what's a sensitive subject to you, Jamie? Well, that's that's a good question. And the main thing that hopefully you'll take away from this is that just because something's sensitive for you, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's the same for everybody else that's there. But in terms of the kind of things that we're talking about, we're talking about violence, which will, again, in a minute, we'll kind of differentiate that between combat in a game because quite a lot of the RPGs, at least, that we're playing will have some form of combat involved. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll kind of delineate that a little bit. So we'll look at violence as a kind of umbrella theme in a little minute. Um, Horror, again, is something else. Romance as a separate theme. I've also got a video that's either out or this might be out then that other video on romance mm-hmm. is out. So there will be or there is a deeper dive into that if you want to have a wee kind of look at that as well. Um, if we remember, we'll put a link to that somewhere. Um, and other things as well can be can be in and amongst that as well. Even something like religion, which again is mm-hmm. probably something that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily see as a sensitive subject, but depending on what your kind of core beliefs are, and depending on what happens in the game, then you might um, you might be freaking out about that. If you kind of go for some kind of Da Vinci Code inspired, you know that might um, that might not be fun for you. So um, <laughs> before we get into all those different topics, and before we look to that in a little bit of detail, we've got our kind of opening question for everybody, which is. Well, for the first one, what we would like to know is, have you ever had an uncomfortable situation in, in your games? Uh, it's just good to know, especially for players. Like, I mean, recently I've had some games that have been quite intense and mm-hmm. we know each other, so we're very good at making sure we toe the line. Even some of the games yeah. uh, we, we've been involved in, mm-hmm. um, we've had that sort of thing. But we'd like to know if you've had a game from a player perspective and if you have had one that's uncomfortable was your GM aware of it, uh, that you were uncomfortable, that is? Or, you know, if, if that was the case or not the case, were you the only one that was uncomfortable? Was everyone else okay? We'd just like to know a, a wee bit more about it, just because, I mean, I've not personally had one where I've felt uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, I, I run a lot of these sort of games as well, yeah. just just, uh, just as a sort of material that I'll maybe play, like Call of Cthulhu. But mm-hmm. I'm the second question that we might have... Yeah, so it's kind of geared towards any DMs that are there so this this one's a little bit different so rather than you being uncomfortable have you ever mm-hmm. sprung an uncomfortable situation on your players now whether that's been a complete accident or whether you've done that intentionally to get the players either out of their comfort zone or you know whatever the reason is whatever the creative decision behind that is um, and if it has came about accidentally and you've seen people getting uncomfortable, how did you resolve that? If that was the case, this is another wee thing that we'd quite like to know. And after that situation occurred, appeared, was there any kind of fallout from it? So was, you know, did anybody start crying? <laughs> you know, did that happen? Did anybody not talk to you for three weeks? Or, you know, what <laughs> was there any issues that happened because of that decision? So we'd like to know... <laughs> We'd like to know about that as well. I do know, but one example where I killed Jamie's character brutally and you never mm-hmm. spoke to me for a whole month. 
Yeah, yeah. That's not actually true, but if you've heard some of the other episodes, you would have heard about the time I killed his two-year-long character. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't my fault. I blame the, the, the DM at the time, although it's absolutely my fault. Um, one actual thing I would be interested in hearing from folk as well is, have you got any tools or techniques, that, let's say as a player that you ask your DM to use, or vice versa, maybe you're a DM that you kind of have these, is there any tools, strategies you use to make sure people don't get uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Just wondering, I've got a few that I've done and we'll cover some of the ones that we recommend uh, later on, but I'd just it'd be interesting to hear what maybe other people's opinions are, just in yeah. case there's something that, that we've maybe missed. Yeah, um, that'd be that'd be interesting as well, actually, as well. So, And the way you can do that is if you're on YouTube watching this just now, then there's the comment section underneath. And if you're on one of the other podcasting platforms, then you can get in touch through Facebook. There's Twitter there. There's a Discord server kicking about as well. Um, There is Instagram, although I think I say this nearly every episode. It might be a bit strange doing it through that. But, you know, break the mould, be creative, be different. Why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. That kind of takes us on to outlining what we would consider sensitive and Jamie's already covered like the subjects that mm-hmm. maybe if it's like <clears throat> violence or it's well, like a whole bunch of stuff it could be violence or religion when you spoke about religion the thing that jumps to my head is if anyone knows about Warhammer especially for 40k I don't know so much about the fantasy side of it because I've not looked at it before but the Warhammer 40k RPG is like everyone is just like you're for the emperor and you've got some people that aren't so much for the emperor but if you're not it's heretical mm-hmm. and it's just total I had no idea how brutal 40k was and it wasn't until I found out how brutal it was I was like I've got to see more of this it turns out one of our pals is right into it you know yep. yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's basically all very religious zealot mm-hmm. stuff and like it's like ultra Catholicism you know so I mean religion can be a tough subject in, in games like that but there's also things like combat can be involved as being sensitive if you mm-hmm. particularly go overkill. We'll maybe mention some of the systems in a second that maybe do that and maybe mm-hmm. encourage it. Um, so if you're not into that sort of stuff or ultra-violence, 40k is an example that you wouldn't want to play. But um, we'll cover a wee bit more of that in a minute. Yeah. But the other things, well, <laughs> thematic games. Um, so while there are subjects that you can make, that can make you uncomfortable... Um, or the subjects in your games that you might experience. Sometimes you would get games that might be thematic that can take some of these things, like maybe if you wanted your theme to be about abuse or uh, confusion or aggression, anything that could, well, abuse in particular, um, a whole game evolving around things that are thematic like that can be quite difficult to get through yeah. um, especially games well, I'll come into some of them in a minute but that's other things as well just be aware that there's also themes of your games that can be sensitive as well yeah yeah, that's that's the thing I mean ultimately the, the thing to kind of think about before you you, you do anything here is that no, when somebody is you know back in their they're home and they're away from your company you, you don't know what's going on mm-hmm. and even if somebody's in a relatively good place just now you don't know what's happened you know previously in their life um and just a kind of real world example here um there's a a broadcaster that i was i was reading about here and we'll get into details of the story and things but you know relatively successful and other things and then he recently was talking about things that happened to him when he was at school and uh, even though his parents pursued 
some of the things that happened there and there was very little done about it and that's something that he's kept buried for like 50 years or whatever it is so I mean you know on the outside something can seem great and perfect but you know it might be a very 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 different kind of reality there so with any kind of sensitive theme that we might be talking about further down the line here it might seem completely innocuous to you but yeah, again, you're you're not living inside somebody's head, so just tread carefully with what you're doing. Yeah, and just I alluded to this just a second ago. Um, certainly, if you're listening or watching, and there's games that basically there's a, there's games that pretty much focus on mostly mm-hmm. sensitive subjects. They don't always have to, but there's games like a Cult Divinity Lost. I, to- I talked about abuse as a theme a minute mm-hmm. ago. I think I've read about three different scenarios and one's a huge campaign that is basically about abuse. It's like, it's not a cult game unless you've got some someone being abused or there's, you know, I maybe won't go into some of it, but it's pretty brutal. Um, and that's fine. It's, the game's around that. And the chances are, if you're playing a cult divinity loss game, you're going to be somewhat aware of what the content is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also the Alien RPG, which is awesome, but it's, like, super violent. And it, it indulges in what the films kind of do as well. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a D66 table that's all critical injuries, and most of them are brutal, and they cripple your character if you get them. Um, and in some cases, you outright die in mm-hmm. the most violent of ways. Um, but that's one that does indulge a lot in violence. Um, and things like Call of Cthulhu, that can always verge on religion... Um, it, it's more cults but usually the themes it's about sanity and especially when it's in the 20s while mm. we're speaking about stuff that's kind of more vis- visceral mm. kind of sensitive sensitive subjects a mm. uh, cult called Cthulhu can actually bring in sensitive subjects I didn't even think about this until now but if it's in the 20s there might be sexism going on and all of that other stuff yeah. um, racism <laughs> is obviously a clear, clear one with HP Lovecraft based stuff as well especially in the 20s so mm. even some of the subjects they bring in while those games can be quite violent and can yeah. bring in a lot of stuff um, there's also even just other aspects like racism and sexism that can come into your games if you want that in games that's fine mm-hmm. but just be aware that if you look at these RPGs that you might come across games that, that some of their um, actual scenarios you get for them might contain some of that stuff especially yeah. cult, that's a heads up I think the, the actual handbook, the core rule book for cult is very clear it, yeah. you push the boundaries a bit um, so just be aware if you're reading that handbook although it's absolutely beautiful and I recommend it so the, one of the best printed handbooks I've ever read except for Morkborg um, which is also mm-hmm. one of these games that's super violent and miserable one of the classes revolves around being gutter-born scum, meaning you've been put in the gutter as a child and kicked and left to rot. That's like literally the whole point of that mm-hmm. whole character. Um, but it's also a fantastic game as well. But again, it's one that's a bit more... It's, it's more kind of satirical, black metal apocalyptic stuff, but mm-hmm. these are all darker games, so just be aware when you get them. They're awesome and I recommend them, but... It's just worth mentioning if you if you're going to cash out in a book a handbook that's like fifty quid that it might be have some unsavory stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Just um, <laughs> if you if you didn't know any of that before, then you know now, and hopefully that's enough to kind of steer you in a a better path rather than kind of blindfold walking into something blindfolded and ending up uh, again like. <laughs> however much you paid down the drain and then wishing that you hadn't bought it. So. <laughs> Saying that, I just spent 
whack of money on Pathfinder because it was uh, it was on sale. Um, with the local comic shop near me shut down, but actually it didn't shut down. It's got saved. I've just realised, just mm-hmm. remembered. Um, but uh, I mean, the thing is, actually saying that about Pathfinder, I mentioned some games there that tend to focus on things that are a bit more hardcore. We'll mm-hmm. say. But the, just because these games focus on being hardcore doesn't mean they always have to be. But on the flip side, games like D and D and Pathfinder is a bit more crunchy and a bit more hardcore by nature in terms of rules. D and D is kind of seen as quite fun, high fantasy, power fantasy game yeah. stuff. But that doesn't mean that these games won't cover some kind of controversial or sensitive subjects either. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, if you're playing with adults, there's probably going to be adult themes in it, and it's the same thing that. Um, games the games industry's had as well where you know games conferences conferences now get blasted for not having too much adult content and not enough kid games mm-hmm. but the reality is the people now working in the industry are people that used to play games as kids are now adults making games for them mm-hmm. um, so it's just bearing that in mind you can play D&D or your Stars Without Numbers or your Goblin Quest whatever else that you want to play but you might. That doesn't mean that they can't have some sensitive subjects too. But that'll be to the GM's discretion, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly it. So for something like again D and D, just as a kind of base example, then in general the kind of overall themes behind that are it's fantasy and that you're going on some form of adventure and. Uh, you know, you're going to take your character from whatever point you start at and continue to build and, and grow and develop that character through, you know, however long your campaign's going to be. So it's kind of about the growth and the development of that character. There isn't necessarily a kind of defined starting point, whereas mm-hmm. some of the other games that Jordan's mentioned, it's more about again those darker themes and how your character relating in, in that theme or that world which is a bit darker so again depending on the DM you have and everything else they, they could be they could be thrusting you in a kind of Dickensian world where you know you're you're down a you're down a coal mine and you've never seen the light of day for the past 14 years or whatever and you know you're only six or something you know it's it's just whatever it's going to be um from your dm so um again we'll drift on a, a kind of couple of points there as well about kind of outlining what's going to happen in games and things a wee bit later on so um, we'll not get too bogged down in that just now I don't think uh, that and, and how to maybe handle some of these different yeah. subjects as well I'm kind of laughing quite a bit here as you're talking so I'm just thinking about some of the nonsense like speaking about Morkborg there's a class I just got from one of the expansions if you've not mm. got Heretic um, Morkborg's Heretic expansion that's in there um, there's something called a Shedding Vicar so just to give you an idea of what the Morkborg world is like if that's how you even pronounce it it's Swedish and I don't speak Swedish but um, aye, there's something called the Shedding Vicar, which is basically it's like some religious nut kind of idea. Yep. But their whole things, their skin can fall off and that. So one of their abilities is they can peel off bits of their skin and use it as whips. It's wild, man. It's hysterical. But again, that's the sort of game Morkborg is. But mm-hmm. um, I and even then, like I spoke about um, Call of Cthulhu, maybe having racism themes and all that as well. But D&D does as well. Actually, <coughs> quite often has themes of racism, especially our campaign. We've been... Um, oppressed 
practically most of the dwarf campaign to be honest yeah. um, but I mean it's probably going to be in your games um, I know that mm. I think they're actually Wizards of the Coast are going to be changing how the classes are done to try and avoid some of the race um, insinuations or whatever it is you know but yeah. we'll see how they handle that but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um, well we've we've kind of given you the kind of the red flags and the and the games that maybe maybe should have more than one red flag <laughs> attached to it as well but we'll uh, I think we'll probably we'll shift on and we'll kind of we'll look at violence as a kind of a sensitive area for people and uh, we'll we'll give our kind of thoughts on that and again we'll kind of talk about what we mean by violence versus kind of you know what somebody else might be might be thinking about it so before we start talking about anything what do we mean by violence well for me in the game if I was defining it as being violent it would be anything kind of above and beyond what would be considered combat or a contest or a fair fight mm-hmm. if you if you look at it from that point of view so if you have like your character and you're walked into an ambush and you're you're going through the turn order and it's turn apart turn apart turn apart right okay you've you've killed that enemy and you're moving on to the next person again kind of sticking in a sort of D&D realm just now mm-hmm. then that to me is is combat you know you have been attacked you are then defending yourself and you're working your way through that's all fine that's all good um, because you know chances are with D&D you're going to run into combat at some time so that's kind of mm-hmm. expected and kind of standard if you look at again something else like um, Stars Without Number as an example again you might not necessarily be expecting to run into combat and you might try to avoid that because of the way the system is it's a bit less forgiving if you get into a fight but you know again if you get ambushed and if you then defend yourself then well that's that's all on the level it's all within what you can do you know you're pulling out a laser pistol and you're firing it well why do you think you've got that laser pistol it's not for decoration right it all makes sense but where that would change into violence for me is if you know after somebody has been has been killed in whatever way if the character then repeatedly shoots at the person whilst you know they, they died three turns ago then well that's verging into that violent world for me if you've got again a, a character there and you're, you're trying to get information from them and they're not actually being particularly forthcoming and you decide that what you're going to do is you're going to again sticking in the stars without number realm you're going you're gonna to shoot them in the foot you know you're not doing anything to outright kill them but you're going to cause them a lot of pain over a period of time to try and extract that information. Torture is what that's called usually. Um, If it's something like that, then that is when, to me, it's in that violent realm rather than and it falls under combat and, you know, in general can be accepted by most people. Um, So it's the things like that, things that are to the extreme. And again, you might think, well, isn't killing somebody a bit extreme? 
Yeah, not in D and D. That's true, but in in most of these games, um, if if you've <laughs> if somebody's dug you up and you haven't killed them, chances are you yourself have died. So um, it's uh, <laughs> you know it's kind of dog eat dog and and all the rest of it. But that's maybe just the games we play. Then uh, I suppose if it's not like that for everyone else, but I suspect I, it might be the same for everyone. All the comments start flooding in, and we have to re-examine people, ourselves. People die. <laughs> yeah, um, but. That's that's basically for me what it is. It's anything that's it's it's going to the extreme, and when it becomes out with the realm of fair or a contest, then that's that's probably verging into the, the violent realm. Um, and for yourself, Jordan, what I, what constitutes violence? It's kind of I, I kind of like how you you break it down. For me, like I'd say, like it's all violent. I mean, basically every game's any role playing game pretty much all of them you're going to play is yeah. going to be have some form of violence in it D&D can be quite violent mm-hmm. now depending on but just because I mean you can play this with like first timers that are scared of anything even remotely graphic and you can still have violence in your game but it's just it's, it's more about the execution it's just the, the, the scale of it like doing your fighting scene you're going to hit someone Sure, that's still violent. It's just like so down. Yeah. It's almost practically nothing. Whereas you might explain your hit. Like I do that a lot with my character, where I'm talking about trying to get cut them in half. I'm mm-hmm. a big barbarian guy, and um, so I think I think really it's not so much that there's a line for me when it gets to sensitive is when it's the, when you get the actual minutiae, the detail when you talk about it. Um, really, a lot of the time we play a lot and we get a lot of freedom. The, the DM's really good, where he'll let us describe how we're doing it it actually encourages us to be be quite um, narrative I talk yeah. about being narrative a lot and he gives us a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to do that and just to make it more flavourful and more interesting yeah and, um, and just to kind of jump in at that point there yeah. the other thing that that's good for as well is that and again the, the difference with us in that particular campaign we've all known each other for you know, a, a long time, so we're all yeah. pretty comfortable with each other, and we all know know the boundaries before we've, you know, before anybody, you know, pulls out a piece of paper with, you know, everything written down on it. Um, so by getting us to then explain what's happening and what's going on, and you know, combat or whatever it is, it's then keeping it. It's keeping it a bit more sanitised in the sense that if you've got somebody that's a bit more squeamish, they are gonna avoid as much of the detail. If you've got somebody that's a bit more relaxed, then they'll you know they'll do their own thing. Whereas if you've got your DM who's to whatever extreme, then it can potentially be too much for somebody. Whereas if you get him to describe it back to you, then. Well, it's the words coming out of their mouth, so it's it's all all good from that point of view. It's actually good. I never thought about that because later on we'll maybe just talk about the the things that you can do to help sensitive mm-hmm. subjects. And violence is a very easy one, you know, because it's pretty much uh, well when it comes to combat, it's very easy. Um, but certainly allowing people when it's in the combat context letting people describe what they're doing what their move is like what mm-hmm. their kills are like yeah. letting them do all that kind of lets them say what they feel comfortable with mm-hmm. and yeah. some of our games are very bloody um, but that's because we're okay with that and we know that we're okay with that yeah. um, I think if some of the games that I've got ready I've been running recently that we might play at some point with, with the rest of the guys 
I might be trying to push those boundaries just a wee bit. <laughs> but but um, this anyway, we'll come on to kind of how we can yeah monitor where that line is and what's too far, what's not mm-hmm. far enough if you're trying to be shocking. Um, although I would be a bit cautious with trying to be shocking. But anyway, um, yeah, but that's really violence. Is there anything else on that that you want to kind of bring up or? Um, I've not really got much more, but I've, I've not really got anything to kind of add to you know what violence is or, or anything like that. But I mean, ultimately, with violence, if it's again, hopefully you don't run into this situation. But if it's somebody that came, you know, from sort of they've had a violent past or whatever, and you start going into details of people getting injured, you know, or whatever it is, then you could have somebody that's, you know, getting upset. You could have somebody that's panicking as well, which is going to be, personally speaking, somebody that's panicking and getting stressed out to me is worse than somebody that's getting upset because, you know, somebody that's upset, you can just kind of stop what you're saying at that point and then... That's you know, everything will, everything will calm down gradually at some point or you move on so that we're, you're not dwelling on anything. But somebody that goes to that extreme, then you're in, you know, you're in different territory at that point there. So, you know, you've got somebody there that can be, you know, potentially freaking out with that. You've mm-hmm. got somebody there that can be getting, again, like they're saying, upset there. So, it, it with violence more than anything you're going to get potentially extreme emotional reactions whereas like some of the other topics when we when we drift on to them you'll maybe get things that are more like anger or being upset in the sense of you know annoyance or something like that rather than you know they're actually you know like on the verge of tears or anything like that so violence is one <clears throat> that again is pro- probably one of the ones to be kind of more careful about um, I would say so just as we're speaking this, I don't know why this didn't come to me sooner um, I think violence the sort of violence we've spoke about <clears throat> is actually it's probably the, it's, it's not it's, it's more offensive than some of the other stuff we'll talk about mm-hmm. But it's definitely the least offensive when it comes to how far violence can go because it's not just like describing a horrible injury. It might be gore or maybe you've got a theme of body horror, in which case it's all David Cronenberg, David Cronenberg everywhere. You know, you've got flesh everywhere that's dripping and all that sort of stuff. It can be a bit much for some people that maybe mm-hmm. don't like that. I know a guy that I studied medical visualisation with. Um, he was fine with cadaveric studies, but literally a drop of blood would make him pass out and you're going okay so like that in a game for him is like way too much yeah whereas it's even though he does something kind of relatively grisly i suppose people would mm-hmm. would kind of categorize it as but violence isn't even just that or just to go there's also other aspects of the violence like maybe it's like domestic violence you're actually putting in a game or maybe there's yeah. some form of other abuse and not delving too far into it but you get what i'm talking about Know that that's also encompassed within the violence area, and that's maybe where certainly these other more serious, maybe more real subjects mm-hmm. like it's much better just to make sure like that's the stuff that can really upset people. Like having a violent scene of like mm-hmm. you shoot someone and their head blows up, like you, it's easy to recover from that compared to some mm-hmm. of the other things 
that we've just mentioned. Like Jamie, you spoke mm. about um, people panicking. I've never really had anyone panic about a violent shot. Although maybe when it, I know people can get uncomfortable with it, but it's different when you bring in things like physical, like more different types of violence or mm. abuse that we spoke about, yeah. or even mental kind of trauma that can occur to players in games like mm-hmm. Call of Cthulhu or Cult, which is all about your dark secrets and all the horrible stuff yeah. that comes with that. So that's definitely something to think about when mm-hmm. we're talking about violence, because that could be stuff that we're bringing into as well. Yeah. In terms of the one of the other subjects we've got is, uh, Jamie, talk to me about horror. So, horror, again, I think that's quite self-explanatory yeah. with that. You know, you're you're it's more thematic. with yeah, that's the thing. Is it's more thematic yeah. rather than you know a kind of kind of action based that you know something happens which then falls into that category. In general, of horrors appearing in a game, it's an overarching theme. It's not that you know you're in the middle of a fantasy setting and then you know something gets sprung on you, which is you know in that realm, and then five minutes later it's done and it's gone and then you're carrying on with the game so if somebody just <laughs> doesn't like being scared then <laughs> you know chances are uh, a horror based game is not going to be for them and they're going to be uncomfortable <laughs> from the first second up until the last second so brilliant yeah, yeah so. that's that's what I look for uh, not really but <laughs> victims, victims. Um, <laughs> so so if it's when we're talking about that then obviously there's different types of horror there's like wandering down a path and then something you know unexpected happening and it being kind of short and sharp to get a kind of a panic a jump you know just a kind of general scare but then you've got then you've got kind of darker stuff that you know if you went in having whatever your kind of your horror theme is, if you're dipping into some of the kind of darker periods of history, like that's that's been about, and if you actually start kind of drawing comparisons between things, if you've got a player that's aware of that, then that can unsettle them more because rather than something that you've completely came up with and you're 100% relying on their imagination if you're drawing parallels between you know something in the past like you know a, a particular serial killer that you're both aware of or you know whatever then that person now doesn't need to do 100% of the work themselves and imagine it because they've got Facts. They've got news stories. They've got you know whatever it is, so they've already got that foundation that they're then putting their imagination on top of, so it can enhance, it can enhance the the kind of fear factor behind that. Um. So, with horror, um, it, it it can bizarrely it can be it can be harder to kind of upset somebody with it because again, you're having to rely on their imagination. But depending on how you craft it, you can kind of get quite a dramatic result depending on who you're playing with. Yeah, one of the games that we've done, I mean, the thing is you can have a horror game that maybe doesn't 
it doesn't even need to delve into some of the stuff we've spoken, like actual gore, but you, you, you can have a horror game with no gore mm-hmm. or like horrible abuse <clears throat> themes or anything like that. Um, one of the games, I mean, there was probably violence coming in, but we never got that far. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our pals ran a game, God, what was the event? It was the Franklin Expedition. Yeah. Um, and it was actually more about sanity because it's like you just go nuts and, you know, mm-hmm. and but there was cannibalism going on. So it was actually more it was a, a horror theme but mm. it was it was more rather than it being outright like just very in your face horrible for different reasons although there was maybe a couple of moments where there was horrible things we would see it maybe wasn't violent per se from what I remember at least but yeah, it's yeah. more unsettling that's the thing mm-hmm. and like Jamie's saying horror can be really hard to make really like to upset someone with horror can be hard depending on how you craft it but then if you're good at running horror games and, and you know what people are kind of uncomfortable with mm-hmm. you, you can really put it twist the knife a bit with it um, so it's just definitely it's one thing just be a wee bit careful of you don't yeah. you, you don't want people to be not enjoy themselves whereas to be honest though you might find for the most part if someone's coming in playing a horror game and they know the themes are going to be around a couple mm-hmm. of things let's say you're doing like I talked about Alien and you're doing an Alien RPG you know people that play that if, especially if they know Alien they'll know what they're getting in for mm-hmm. um, so while you could run the horror game you know you don't need to worry so much although one thing that I've been using recently is like jump scaring folk because it's a lot of fun um, that's one thing that I suppose is part of trying to scare people you actually yeah. might try and scare them actually like for real like and yeah, per- yeah. like and physically scare them you know, do that with a pinch of salt. Though you don't, mm. you know, it's something that you can unsettle people with that. But you're probably just going to annoy them if you overuse it. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the thing. Overexposure can reduce that creative tool. Uh, I think is the kind of the best thing to take away from that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a whole episode in horror, by the way, um, because mm. there's there's ways to do it. There's ways to do yeah. it, and there's ways not to do it. Um, yeah, yeah, and again, it's like <laughs> I kind of talked about it, but I don't think we kind of talked about it like this like with horror I, I think it's more obviously on a spectrum mm-hmm. because yeah. you'll get people that will be more affected by psychological stuff you'll get people that will be more affected by the physical you know physically like rattling a table just as you're you know talking about like a door slamming shit or something or you know whatever kind of variation and on on that that you're doing whereas when it comes to violence to kind of quickly compare it between the two well in general you know well not in general everybody knows what pain is you know whether that's the worst thing that's ever happened to them is that they've stubbed their toe or whether it's you know they've been in a situation where they've been hit or you know worse everybody has some you know, personal experience of of pain. Whereas with horror, well, you don't need to watch a horror film. You don't particularly need to go out and, you know, find yourself in a scary situation. But, you know, pain happens to everybody, you know, every single day to bigger and lesser extremes. And then, as well as that, it's a lot easier to imagine what it's like to be you know, attacked by another person than, you know, to imagine what it's like to have, you know, a werewolf chasing you down the street. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's something that's so out with, you know, the realm of normality and probability that it just is, you know, again, you need to have a decent imagination to get that to to be something real for you. Um, Whereas, you know, imagining what it's like for somebody hit you over the back of the head with a shovel or something then you go well I think it's pretty pretty easy to figure out how that one would be yeah definitely I mean this is something though horror like Jamie said it's a spectrum and I mean I think all of these can can really be spectrums but horror is one of these more nebulous ones um, mm-hmm. but it's one thing I know can freak people out though like it can really just get under people's skin and have mm-hmm. them I, the first Cthulhu game I'd done for some guys a couple couple months ago maybe now and a couple of them were completely new to it and they knew what they were getting in for you know um, but he was like oh he was like he was just a wee bit paranoid it's like after you watch a good horror film and you're kind of like ah, I went and walked down my hall with no lights on I'll oh, maybe just put a light on just just for now mm-hmm. you know it's that kind of thing where you can get into people under people's skin it's it's, that, it's a more interesting subject and crafting a good horror is difficult but it can have mm-hmm. quite a profound effect especially when you combine it with some of the, the, the more horrible themes that you might get under a violent subject mm-hmm. or a thematic game around something not so pleasant yeah um, so yeah the last theme we've kind of got is it's not it's not it's nothing like the others it's maybe explicit for other reasons but it's romance uh, Jamie kick off some romance <laughs> what were you no, no thanks um, um, cut to black um, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll cover cut to black later yeah um, so when it comes to romance is the kind of umbrella term that we've used here and again talking about spectrums you can make that <laughs> however extreme you want to be thinking about this so I, again I don't know if this is currently out depending on when you're watching or mm. listening this or if we're doing this in reverse order or how it's going to work but we've got an episode which is about which we look at that in a bit more detail and we cover you know things like why people will be uncomfortable and ways to maybe avoid that happening and again a couple of examples for you know games that are currently kind of going on where that's happening but for romance that can again talking about it as a spectrum it can be as low-key as two NPCs with whatever's happening with them all the way up to you've got two players acting something out in front of you so as you might be able to tell from the kind of the snigger uh, over there that's something that probably we would both be a bit uncomfortable with um, if there was, you know, two PCs and they're, they're acting out, whatever they're acting out. That might not be the case for you. You might get somebody that's completely uncomfortable yeah. with the idea of two unwed NPCs sharing the same house as each other. You know, it could be... How dare to, you? Uh, yeah, to that other extreme. So that one... I mean, with horror, if you freak somebody out, okay, you didn't necessarily mean it. Okay, give them a bit of time, they'll get over it. Not that big a deal, depending on what's happened. The same with violence. Okay, they might be a bit shocked, but again, in general, if you give them enough time, they'll probably get over it. Whereas with romance, because it can be something that's... 
<laughs> it can make somebody cringe and want the woke just a hole to open up and just swallow them and for them to disappear and never be seen again then that's something that can you know potentially put them off for a long period of time but also in the 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 episode that we kind of look at romance and we look at that in more detail something that I mentioned in it is at the end of the day you need to remember that if if something happens that somebody freaks out about or is extremely uncomfortable with, they're not looking at that and going, oh, well, that was the, the two characters mm-hmm. there and they're not going to be talking to you and going, right, the next time see a character, can your character not do that? No, they're going to look at you and they're going to blame you for it and at the end of the day, I, I don't think they're going to... I was just acting. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that'll kind of hold up particularly mm-hmm. well. At the end of the day, it's you that's putting somebody in that situation, and you're making them that level of uncomfortable. And depending on what what you're doing, depends on whether that becomes something that's either innocuous or very, very, very serious from a kind of genuinely from a, a legal point of view, depending on how freaked out they are with it and when they're suggesting the... people might get sued for D&D games well, I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility but I, yeah, well, I mean, so far I've not had that issue uh, I mean like and this, this is have you thought of suing one of us for running one of our games is that what's not, going on here not, not yet um, <laughs> but c- completely off topic um, I was unfortunately in in, in a position where I was in a room with somebody talking and as part of their job uh-huh. you know they, they act out different scenarios and, and things because it's part of okay. um, work with customs so it's you know interrogation stuff you know to try and get answers from people to find out you know why things are being smuggled and different things so anyway so the guy's going along and he was to it to be the smuggler in the situation and you know there was a woman that was there interrogating and she's going through as part of this training process and what he done is he then during the the process he then touched her arm and basically like the 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 um scenario ended shortly after that and then like a short time later he gets pulled into an office and he starts getting read the right act from his his bosses and his strange and naive defence was but I was just acting. No, what you've done is you've touched her and you've made her uncomfortable and as a result you might lose your job. I'm glad you so, said arm because I didn't yeah. know where that was going until he finished that. I was like, oh God. Oh. Well, well, that's that's what it was left with um, so but I mean SMS, yeah so I mean like if a similar thing happens you know at a table or whatever then again it can have proper proper consequences so again when you talk about violence you're not physically standing up and hitting somebody with a table leg or something you know when it comes to horror you're not going ah and then you know they start getting chased by this werewolf that I'm apparently obsessed with, and then like you, you open the door and out jumps the werewolf and starts Another chasing werewolf. everybody. There's yeah. now two werewolves. Yeah, a werewolf inside the werewolf. Um, 
you know, that's not necessarily going to happen, whereas something like that could happen, could happen very easily, and it could cross a line very quickly. Speaking about physical boundaries and stuff? Uh, well, well, again, physical, or whether it's somebody that's, again, acting in mm-hmm. inverted commas there, uh, something out, then you go, well, uh-huh. you know, again, depending on all sorts of different things, you know, how... <laughs> You know how tight your particular country's laws are with stuff like that as well depends on you know how quickly that can that can become a legal matter rather than you know mm-hmm. something else but um none of this constitutes legal advice um i think i should fire yeah. that out i also don't think you would need to worry so much about that in a D game mostly especially because the fact is if you're having people around at your table Mm. maybe different online especially if you're going to show explicit content that's something like handouts mm. you know we've actually had handouts in some games that were yeah. like real life crime stuff and things mm-hmm. like that now we're okay with that yeah. and we knew it was kind of part of the pitch if I remember right um, but you know if you're going to bring like actual unsettling content like that's that's really a no-no because well be very careful if you are going to do that like because that's the stuff like that Franklin expedition when mm-hmm. I spoke about we yeah, were yeah. showing some of the stuff <clears> from the Franklin expedition like the recovered bodies or something I can't even remember exactly what it was Yeah, but I mean it's stuff and the guy didn't want the shows and stuff like you know we kind of pressed them like come on you've, you've got us this far can't be that bad and then you're like ooh it's not that nice looking um, mm. but you know that's fine but then if you're talking about some violent stuff like you might if you're going to show an actual crime scene and things like mm-hmm. I, I've never experienced that I've never heard anyone experience that mm-hmm. but I wouldn't put it past people to maybe actually include that in a game and make people uncomfortable yeah um, um, I again I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised um, I'm sure it's been I'm sure there's something online that somebody complaining about it but mm. yeah for sure generally though it's, I wouldn't say it's something to worry about if it's people you know for example, like in terms mm-hmm. of talking about legal stuff and all that, yeah, um, like he's for the most part, like you're gonna be playing with pals. Um, although that would be a plot twist to a story if the guys turned around and tried to arrest one of us. Um, <laughs> I think your character sucks. Get him in jail. Um, but yeah. yeah, so it's it's definitely it's a subject, especially if you're bringing in real stuff. I think that's probably mm-hmm. something that when we spoke about violence, mm-hmm. that's stuff that if you're doing things that are more real like we spoke about abuse and I think violence generally is not so much but when you talk about werewolves there's that kind of suspension of disbelief happening you know and that's what role play will allow things to happen and things but when you're talking about P, like player not play even PvP but it might be people mm-hmm. assaulting other people and things like that might be a bit more uncomfortable you know versus something a bit more fantastical um, so definitely if you're doing something that's a bit more realistic in nature mm-hmm. it's always worth just making sure that people are okay with it because if you don't then you may upset someone yeah um, it's like the first time I had somebody join a Cthulhu game that was new and I thought their boyfriend had told them what was involved <laughs> and they didn't and as soon as it happened it was like oh this sort of stuff's really scary and it was when all the monsters were starting to tear people apart and I'm going oh, I've got about two more hours of this so here we go <laughs> um, but yeah aye, so it's just worth just getting extra care for that as well there was something you said earlier 
can't, I'll, I'll come back to it if I remember what it was or something that you said before when you were talking about um, freaking out people's your fault. That's what it was. Yeah. Um. I think. I think ultimately that's a good point. Yeah. If people get uncomfortable at your games and mm-hmm. someone being uncomfortable is not strictly bad if you're going for a horror theme, that might be the point. If it's a cult game, their advice is to push the boundary a bit because that's the point. You want people to feel uncomfortable and kind of go take the emotional roller coasters their characters mm-hmm. are going to experience. That's kind of the point. But there's a difference with being uncomfortable and just offending people because of the subjects that yep. you're doing. Um, and I know that that's a line that's hard to know and some people might think that they're okay with something until it comes up in a game or they maybe just didn't expect the level mm-hmm. of detail it might go into. Yeah. Um, but certainly it's one of these things, like I know people that run games and uh, the exact thing that he said, it, it, I won't go into too much detail about the guy, um, but he was always wanting people to die, which is fine if you want to kill people all the time, that's okay. But his goal was always to make people like he wanted at least one person angry at the end of the night because of stuff that had mm. happened because that's a real emotional adventure, and I'm kind of thinking like that's for me that's too far the other side, and don't forget when you're running your games like if you do make something that upsets someone mm-hmm. you can apologise for it. There's only so much like some you you're not going to mean it. I'm sure most people don't mean yeah, it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've never really been part of a game that somebody just get really upset. But again, that's mostly because we know everybody that plays the games. But if someone is upset, it is your fault as, as a GM, so you should really be the person to step up and mm-hmm. kind of apologise and etc. But ultimately, mm-hmm. remember, people need to have fun. That's the point. Now, someone being uncomfortable doesn't mean they're not having fun. You know, uh-huh. there, there is that kind of line the kind of thrill seekers might might be looking for, that line between discomfort and unpleasantness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people need to have fun. You know, and yeah. like when that guy had said, I remember him when he said that, he was really, he loved the fact that he could, he told me about a game, he's like, half of the players were really angry at the end of the night and he was like, ah, this was amazing. I'm going, man, that just does not sound like fun. That kind of sounds like someone putting down their fist and making yeah. people do what they want them to do. Um, that's fine if that's how they want to play games I'm not judging well I'm judging and my judgement is I don't think that's a great way to do it because ultimately mm-hmm. if you're running a game you should really the goal is to make people have fun Yeah. Um, if you have a different opinion I would love to know where that comes from why Why wouldn't you want people to have fun at a game mm-hmm. I know games might be more serious in nature but I run a lot of horrible games because of the, the sort of games mm-hmm. that I play but people still have fun you can still yeah. be unpleasant but have fun um, but if you've got a different opinion I'd be interested to know what that difference is because I know that guy, the guy I spoke to said my game sounded like just very kind of very happy go lucky I'm sitting thinking I just ran a game that was fully about abuse like that was the whole thing I don't think that's pleasant but then players come out and say that oh, was really good that was really engaging you know so mm. there is a line so I'd love to hear someone's different opinion if they've got one um, yeah yeah and it's it's kind of that thing as well that you can make somebody uncomfortable, you can unsettle somebody, you can make them squirm, or you can just outright get them disgusted and have them freaking out, or you know, whatever kind of shade in between that. So, if somebody is probably at the point where they're uncomfortable, is the point where it's starting to possibly go too far if somebody squirms a bit then you're, you're probably still alright if you're yeah. kind of unsettling them a wee bit they're probably still alright but when it's 
out and out completely uncomfortable then you're you're too far at that point whereas if you're getting them uncomfortable but they're they're still kind of engaged they're still kind of tentatively kind of try to explore whatever the the subject is or whatever the situation is then you know that's that's probably your kind of you know your toes on the line and you're getting ready to tip over to the, the other side of it it actually opens up a whole thing like I mean as um, as a GM you are really the referee of what's going on mm-hmm. um, and I think like, just in terms of like running myself a lot of horror games like the, the point even in some of the, the published books they, they iterate multiple times you want people to be on the edge and all that and blah 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 and that's okay but I think that's maybe something that you'll gauge really easily at the table unless you're just totally tone deaf to it. I think for the most part people are quite clear. But one thing, if you are doing games that generally might be uncomfortable, it's the subject matter and the detail you go into that you need to be careful of. The stuff we spoke about. When you're combining that uncomfortable scenarios with gory details of violence or any other horrible theme that we might have mentioned already, or you know, it's worth just making sure you just approach them with sensitivity in mind. Yeah. We even spoke about religion; it's not came up again. But if you get people, well, I've played games of people that are very religious, mm-hmm. but we've played games that are grotesquely occultish, and that's okay. But I also know people that think Ben Ten satanic. So I know one person um, that thinks that. So, and I'm not even joking; like that's too far for them. And I would love to get them around the table to see their reaction, but I would never do it. Because that's just, it's I know just it's, too much. it's so far, I, I'm not even joking, it might traumatise them. Mm-hmm. Like even D&D would be enough to traumatise them. So, but then I know that and then I'm not getting invited. So, and if they ever asked mm-hmm. to play, I would say, well, it's going to cover this, this, this and this. And I, w- I can see the, the blood drain from their face. Um, but it's just one of these things. It's just be sensitive about it. I think it's really the main thing. Yeah, uh, that kind of pulls us into the comfort zone. Although we're kind of covering a lot of that, is there anything you want to kind of bring in specifically around players' comfort zones when they play games? Yeah, so like with some of these comfort zone, there's no reason that you can't push that, but there's a difference between pushing the where the boundary is. Mm-hmm and outright just trampling over it and then going three miles down the road with it and then carrying on and keeping going and to the point that they're, they're way, way, way beyond that. Um, and I, it will kind of relate back to what sort of personalities you've got at the table. You know, if you've got people that are okay with their, you know, with trying to, you know, explore new ideas, or you know, they're they're always trying something new, or whatever it is. Then you go right. Well, the the amount that you can push that person is probably going to be a lot more than somebody who's quite shy and introverted, and you know, the the complete opposite of that. So, if you already know the personalities that are at the table, it's going to give you an idea of what you can push and what you can't push and again getting the kind of difference between when you're pushing something and when you're just outright ignoring that other person and just steamrolling over them and doing what you want to do Um, and 
the, the kind of main thing from it is that getting somebody who thinks Ben 10 is satanic mm-hmm. and getting them to sit down and play a game of like cult that's I've that's, actually joked about doing that that's, that's, <laughs> it's literally the response from people I know that know them is like no that cannot happen Yeah, and I know it can't I mean I'm not going to go into cult here um, but my god I mean speaking of pushing boundaries it reminded me of the Blades in the Dark character that I had which was just a wee silly for anyone that's played Blades in the Dark um, it's like gangsters or that sort of thing I played this guy that's like a hunter-gatherer type guy um, naturally someone was racist immediately to me I think it was was it Thingy's character I think it was one yeah. of our pal's characters straight away I'm like oh god here comes the racism um, but I, my guy got wild I don't know what happened that night it was like I must have had a boring week and my guy got weirder and weirder and it ended with a chihuahua I think eating somebody in some cult ritual I'd, although that wasn't my idea although it was to some degree but I think the, the, the GM took and made it much better than I could have in that night um, but I pushing boundaries yeah. is good like Jamie's saying but it you need to just I think probably a bit of advice for it I think that I think you sp- we spoke about before mm-hmm. is you don't need to if you're doing something, something maybe there's a subject you're not sure how's this going to land you don't need to just dive right into it mm-hmm. you know it's better to take baby steps shuffle towards it than, yep. than kind of just dive straight in um, I've done this a lot just to give you an example mm-hmm. for some of the horror games that I've done that maybe have a lot of monsters in it and usually if it's like a Cthulhu game or something like that the monster's going to look horrible and have goo bits and blood and all that kind of nonsense um, but you can kind of describe it in bits you know, there's ways that you can kind of introduce some of the horrible bits and as people kind of freak out once you've got that bit where they're like oh that's horrible you know you can go that's enough yeah. you, know, you don't need to go anymore and you can watch people at the table mm-hmm. I had the same thing at a D&D game it was a new guy practically sat and didn't do much because he was completely new and that's okay Mm-hmm. but I, I did keep a special eye on him because he was new to the group really and the game uh, and I did, wanted to make sure the guy wasn't uncomfortable because there was bits where the other players were being brutal against mm-hmm. other NPCs and I could see the guy was a wee bit like oh, I'm not sure about this so I was like okay so anyway guys and then kind of moving on for yeah. that guy so if you're running those games keep your eye out for that stuff and even if you're pushing the boundaries a bit and making the pushing players in small steps towards something big and horrible or if the players are doing it for you at the table, it's worth just being conscientious, conscientious sorry, about people around the table and, and putting a stop when you need to. Because yeah. you know, people are allowed to be upset at something. You know, It's not mm-hmm. really up to you to determine what offends them or not. Yeah. Um, but if somebody is offended to something you think is ridiculous, then it's maybe up to you to decide if you need them at your table. Not to be dismissive of them, but mm-hmm. you either need to change your games or if you're refusing to do that, be respectful to that person's... Um, kind of yeah. attitudes towards things and just say to them it might not work out it's fine that's yeah. okay yeah yeah. I mean that's, that's exactly it as well I mean <clears throat> as we've talked about previously being a DM it's not a case again at least in my opinion and I think your opinion as well it's not a case of going right okay well here's here's the story that I've got and you know this is how it is and this is what's going to happen and it's it's almost like you know, being part of a dictatorship rather than the DM is going, okay, well, here's the story, but how do my players then fit into that? And am I giving them enough room 
to explore the world and do their own thing or am I forcing them down a path that they aren't naturally wanting to go down so for me personally like the best DMs are it's almost like having it's almost like having another player at the table because they are engaging and mm-hmm. interacting and taking your thoughts and ideas on board and again they might not be overtly asking you right okay so what do you want to do what about this what about that but they're taking they're either physically taking notes or mentally taking notes and then they're they're putting the things that you want in front of you and that you keep moving forward and you know by the time you realize you know how far in the campaign you are or whatever you realize that you've actually accomplished a lot more than what you think you did um so you know that's to me the best sort of dm so if you've got somebody there that is again freaking out over whatever whatever you've introduced then you know they'll they'll be taking that on board so if it's something that's just on the cusp of what you're able to cope with if you've got a good dm as soon as they realize that they'll, they'll tone it back slightly and then you know, the story hasn't diverted too much and everybody can all still enjoy it and carry on with it. But at the same point, if you are, you know, if you're turning up and you're wanting to play a cult game but you think Ben 10 satanic, then it's probably not going to work out. And there's I like how you say there's a chance that yeah. it will work out because you said probably. There's always a chance. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe I will invite them to the table next week. Yeah, <laughs> I know. What's um, the worst that could happen? What's the worst? Um, but you know, there's no, there's no issue with, you know, telling a DM, you know, I, you know, I didn't realise this is what it was going to be like. This isn't going to be for me. So I'll check out just now, and I'll, I'll join back in when you're playing this game or this game uh, or you know whatever it is. Yeah. So there's, there's. Again, if you've got a good DM, then there'll never be an issue with bowing out or something. Just obviously let everybody know. Don't just randomly disappear and show up four weeks later and ask what's happening. Um, you know, so there'll never be an issue there. And the kind of flip side with if you're a DM as well and if you're doing something which, you know, the start point is way, 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 way too much for somebody and the even scaling it back by a good margin it's still going to be way too much for them again if you've got a decent player there then they'll get and understand that there's only so much that you can change for what you've planned what you've thought out and again they'll be they'll be all right with it so there isn't an issue with telling somebody look i don't think this is going to work out for you and sticking to your plan but if you're if you're there or thereabouts with the person, probably tweaking it is the best thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back to communicating with your players and yeah. being conscientious about what people's needs and wants are. You know, somebody playing the alien game, we've got one more game in that, and one of them's like, "When can we do that, that Harry Potter game you've made, Jordan?" And I'm going right, and I spoke to her about it, and she's actually happy to play the games, but the sort of alien world's way more intense like she loves Disney mm-hmm. you know so I, I'm not really expecting I didn't really tweak it for her specifically because you know she, she knew what was, she was in for mm-hmm. number one 
but it was like the intention was to finish this anyway actually if I remember right I didn't even know she was coming until I showed up and she was there I was like alright okay mm-hmm. nice heads up guys here we go I'm, I'm now not changing this because of that but cause I just didn't have the time yeah. but it, it just meant when it got to the horrible things in Alien I just went mm-hmm. right I'll cut out some of that okay your guy gets bitten and it tears at his throat right next I don't explain it whereas mm-hmm. normally for the guys I would explain and kind of dramatise what's happening just so they're like oh crap I'm dead you know whereas mm-hmm. That week I had a few people go, oh, so I'm going to get back up and stab it. And I'm like thinking, he's just had his throat ripped out, he ain't getting up. He's like, you you said, understand you need your throat to breathe, don't you? Now part, part of the issue was just I couldn't explain it. So I was really just kind of going, oh, and then I'd just I'd have to explain it briefly and I'd say, you're dead. Yeah, he's like, okay, death saves. I'm like, not in this game, man, sorry. But um, yeah, it's just, but then even at that kind of more dynamic situation I was like right I'll just need to take out some of the stuff I know is going to make them uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know like some of the more super violent stuff that Alien kind of embellishes a wee bit not embellishes but relishes in, in having in its games yeah. um, so okay I think that's me for for that sort of stuff I think the last thing on that topic of, of being conscientious is as players if you're a player mm-hmm. and you're doing a game and you love describing your kills or describing some action you're doing mm-hmm. I would actually say for the most part unless your DM or GM has been kind of doing stuff at certain levels of detail mm-hmm. I would let the GM kind of tell them what you're doing and describe it at a high level mm-hmm. you can give them detail but leave it super high level and let the GM take the lead like mm-hmm. you're saying because they'll be the people that can dictate and take what you've gave them and feed that back into the loop of the game in a way that will help describe the scene and set their tone Mm -hmm. and really what you're doing is giving them all those tools to make your game cooler and it's you that's doing that as a player you know a good good GM will actually do that for you but especially if there's a game that you know it's maybe sensitive in nature you can you know you'll maybe figure out after a couple Mm -hmm. of games how far you can go and if you've known people for a while, you'll know how far you can go. Yeah. But if you're not sure if there's new people, let the GM handle that. And mm-hmm. it means if they make the mistake, then at least <laughs> if they go too far, it's them that gets blamed instead of the player turning around and saying, I hate you because of that. I mean, I've had that happen at a table, but not for mm-hmm. like detailed reasons. But there's been things like, oh, why did you say something like that to the group? You know, and it was because the guy had went ahead. Basically, he was wanting to persuade people to do something. And he said, I'm bleep, bleep, bleep. I was like, okay, so you say, beep, 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 and I filtered it for him. I was my my intention was to soften it so he didn't yeah. put everybody in a position where they're going to get arrested, but he wanted that said. So, but anyway, that's just it's not the same as maybe offending people. But remember, everything's getting filtered through the GM or should be. So just mm-hmm. let them take the lead. Yeah, yeah, and I, again, just with what you're saying there, if it's a group of players that you know well, then you know you describing you know what you're doing and what's going on is probably going to be alright for 99.9% of occasions yeah. um, and you're probably not going to need to worry about that if it's a group of players that you don't know or it's a newer group of players or it's a group that you only know through uh, through playing whatever game it is, whatever RPG it is that you're playing, then again it's probably good to let the GM take the lead with the descriptions um, because chances are they've 
done their own kind of vetting process for who's there and what they're like mm-hmm. and uh, you know different things there so let them take the lead in as well after two or three kind of repetitions of that you'll get the yeah. kind of thing that they're describing anyway you know if they're being very basic in the detail or if they're you know kind of going you know just slightly beyond that or if they're going into super graphic detail um, then again you'll you'll <laughs> you'll figure it out after after two or three repetitions I think yeah it's worth just letting the, the GM go through the calls for that one and figure yeah. that one out themselves instead of you getting the flack for it but um, yeah. I so I think then really what I would like to just talk to you about just I mean there's there's not really much to say about them but maybe just offer a wee bit of an olive branch and we've actually covered one of them which is talking to your players yeah um, so I'll maybe lead with that one. Um, I think the for me the big part of it is especially for something intense although to be honest I think I don't do this with you guys ever although one I've not ran a game for you guys and I don't know how long mm-hmm. but I probably wouldn't do it for you guys but then I know like the guys that Jamie and I play with we've yeah. known each other for a long a long long time mm-hmm. um, and and tend to make you uncomfortable that's like I really want to do that and I can't wait but I know they're okay with it but generally, what what I would like to do, like in soon, this week, I'm going to be running a game for someone's birthday, mm-hmm. and it's going to be they've asked specifically to my surprise to run Morkborg for me to run Morkborg, and I know some of the people going. I'm going. Mm-hmm. I said it's pretty intense. Like I said, I'm not going to hold back that much. I'm going to do it as it's intended to be run because I know that some of them also enjoy that as well. Yeah. Um. But having that conversation when I meet with them to have that conversation, I'm going to be seeing like even just briefly when we're making characters, I'll be able to figure out like so we're doing a session zero as well. It's a very short game we're playing, so I'm going to be trying to figure out where's people's kind of boundaries for stuff, um because of how tight the time is and because I don't know half of the players that are coming. I like personally don't know them, um. I'm going to need to be figuring that out on the fly. But mm-hmm. that'll be where I start to use things like um, just pushing people a wee bit and a wee bit further each time until I see somebody actually getting a wee bit unco- like properly uncomfortable. But other than that, I'll be making sure that if people are uncomfortable, I'll be saying to them, let me know. No, yeah. it's, it's a game. That's the point, you know, and mm-hmm. we want to have fun. If people are having fun and uncomfortable, great. But if they're just flat out uncomfortable and no longer having fun, then I'll want them to tell me that. And yeah. But I'll make that clear because some people won't want to be like, um, excuse me, I think this scene is horrible and I don't like it anymore. Um, people won't do that. Yeah. But yeah. there'll be ways that you can encourage at least that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, even just something as simple as like each individual person's own politeness. Yeah. If you've got somebody that is pretty polite, if you're in the middle of describing something you're going into detail about it and it's you know you've been talking for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. or whatever then you, you know it's like it's like a scale does this person's politeness outweigh uh-huh. how uncomfortable they are or is how uncomfortable they are is that now overtaking the politeness so depending on you know depending what they're like will depend on what's going to happen there so if they're more polite and more uncomfortable about interrupting you than you know how uncomfortable we feel with what's going on yeah. then potentially they're going to sit there they're not going to say anything 
Yeah, and that's that happen. at some point down the line, the same thing will happen again, and it'll be the same situation, and they're just sitting there, not enjoying yeah. themselves. I think the the case I've got this week, it's a kind of unique use case. I think the the reality is though, you're not going to really for the most part, unless you use one of the other tools, which we're just about to come on to, and. Mm-hmm. Um, people aren't going to tell you something like that was too far during the game mm-hmm. now they might if it's maybe if it's not to do with violence but something else they might just they, they might actually signpost it to you but the reality is do, you need to just make sure you just especially with darker games the benefit of Mark Borg is mm-hmm. it's more slapstick violent than it is I mean it's very unpleasant but it's support, it's anyways dark humour mm-hmm. um, but definitely make sure you can facilitate that that game and sorry that conversation like after the game if, you, if it's something that's going to be more than one game mm-hmm. check with your players and do maybe individually they might not say anything outright you know you can ask the group yeah. and then just double check after the fact um, I know that our pal did that with one of the games where mm-hmm. uh, he had introduced this weird abused sex robot which it turns out when they spoke to us about it he was like that wasn't a sex robot and both liar. of us were like liar well that was that was exactly what it was it but obviously was. that was just that was a break a wee bit of a miscommunication or at least how it was described that's not how we both received it separately mm-hmm. but it, and and we weren't in any discussion of that at all it was done through Roll20 so we were was poor, in right? completely yeah. separate houses we both get given the same information we both drew the same conclusion and we both said at the end of the game when we were talking about it before we finished and we both said exactly the same thing that that's what it was and then we got told no it wasn't but then, so but, but, what I think happened in that is I think it was and then because of the way that we talked about it then he backed away from it really quickly like no 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 that wasn't what it was I I mean the thing is though regardless of whether or not it was although I think it was um, <laughs> the, the theme of the game was actually trafficking anyway right so even if it wasn't sex robot even though it was, that, it was yeah, yeah. Um, but regardless it was like people being transported to get them away from a horrible area etc so yeah. but ultimately the themes of the game it went, they, were, they were unpleasant anyway so even if there wasn't the very to me very clear idea that it was a sex spot like, even if it wasn't and let's say that it was described in a way that we didn't think that mm. like it's still a theme of trafficking so we wanted to make sure that we were comfortable yeah and that was kind of like what's that, that? <laughs> where's what happened to the sex robot and he's like what do you mean sex robot what are you talking about but um yeah but anyway that's gonna happen though as well sometimes the myths the, the yeah. will happen some of your games so yeah but I, I, again with that particular game like <laughs> that's funny though it, it was <laughs> it was that and then when you then layered on the kind of trafficking that was going on you then went right there's absolutely no way that that's not the case like yeah. it, it, it so overtly is and then at the end to be told, no, no, you you were reading into that more than what was there. What are you, what are you talking about? You're like, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine. Just um, just going. If you don't think it was a sex spot, that's okay. But to me, it, it definitely was. Mm. But I mean, that's but that's okay. Um, but ultimately, the guy did he did the right thing. Number regardless of what his, his intentions were, mm. he still came to us to check was the themes or were the themes. Sorry. Mm-hmm. 
where we comfortable with and was anything too far. Yeah. I'm sure the pitch for it was probably... I'm, I'm thinking, unless I'm mixing the games up, he did let us know it was going to be a bit darker. No, it was, because I was like, oh, finally, something dark's happening. Yeah. And it was like, no, that didn't happen. Um, but he, he gave us that pitch, so we knew what to expect. And because of that, we kind of, you know... But he did the right thing coming and, and let, letting us know that... Yeah. You know, it was okay, and we were like, fine. And then it was like, great. So he didn't need to worry anymore. Um, but the reality is you'll probably be doing that, especially if it's new groups or new players or, you know, strangers, whatever. It's good just to check in with them when there's been a tough game. And even with current players, like, there's games... That, I mean, I've been wanting to run that cult game, the Black Madonna, and you guys, I think, would really like it. Mm-hmm. But it is probably something that I would check in with um, yourself mm-hmm. and... The others for it. Certainly there's a couple of bits in it that are like I remember going, God, I heard this was brutal and it's not that bad and there was one page I went, Oh <laughs> I mean it made me yeah. double cross it, which it's gotta be pretty intense if I'm gonna double like, oh okay, wow. Um but I would for stuff like that, especially even if you've got a comfortable group, if you've maybe pushed the envelope quite a bit regarding mm. sensitivity, maybe just check in with people just in case. Yeah. Because it's better just to make sure that you're building, I hate using the phrase safe space because everyone memes on it, but you know you want people to be comfortable playing yeah. their games and if they were uncomfortable you'd want them to feel safe enough to bring it up without being slagged rotten and all that stuff. Yeah, but ultimately that kind of ties back to what, what we talked about earlier, which is you know at the end of the day you're playing a game yeah. and what's the point of playing a game? Well, it's to have fun, you know, it's yeah, to no, totally. relax, whatever. So if at the end of it you've got somebody that's stressed out yeah. or upset or you know whatever it is, then you go right. Well, the whole point of playing this game has been lost. We have <laughs> we've not done what we were supposed to do. Aye. Something has went wrong. So um, I, again, although it, I, and you can do it in different ways. I mean, you can physically at the end of the game go right. How did everybody find that? So, on a scale of one to ten, how traumatized are you? Ten being lots, one being not at all. Right, you, you could you could be as avert as that and physically go around everybody and and ask and you know whatever else you need to do, or you can kind of take a more subtle approach with it, which will and just ask people in general or wait to see what they say at the end of the game, if nobody's talking to you and again if it's if it's you know you're in person and you're you're playing the game physically and they all pack up their stuff and then head out the door and you you know nobody says anything maybe not a good sign but if everybody stays and you know is asking you questions oh the bit at the start when we you know went to the basement you know why was that was this this was that that you know if they're asking you questions and then peer engaged about it probably they've got on all right with it and you probably don't need to worry yeah I would say as well because I think just in terms of how you run your games um, or how your, your groups are like you mentioned like people get up and leave and all that like that, that doesn't strictly mean that it's too far either the The best way you'll find out if someone personally is a wee bit like how, where they stand mm-hmm. on that scale is just speak to them separately you know yeah. it only needs to be a couple of minutes hey how was that was anything too far I'm not sure that's mm-hmm. like literally all you need to even if you were, even if you're sure it went fine you just say oh, I'm not sure yeah. and just ask ask for that help and people will be more than happy to give you you know yeah. and they'll probably be honest you know probably I mean yeah. there'll still be some people yeah. that maybe don't and again I think we've talked about that previously a couple of times that if you're a DM 
that a good strategy for troubleshooting mm. or a good strategy for um, potentially diffusing kind of situations that are getting a bit tense is that after you've you've done whatever you've decided to do, then when you're talking to either the group as a whole or individuals, to then turn around and say, you know, to, to blame, I'm using that kind of loosely here, but to blame yourself yeah. for it. So again, in that situation, if you look at something and you go, they look really uncomfortable here, I've, I've went, you know, I've, I've, I've been a bit heavy with the, the violence or whatever it is, then at the end of it go, oh, you know, I think I was a, a bit too much there with what I'd done and, and you know, you know, talk about it from your point of view and talk about it that you've done too much. Even if you think that, again, that it's absolutely, you know, minimum what you've done and that, you know, it makes, <laughs> makes Ben 10 look like a satanic death cult or whatever. Oh, Still, you taking the flack for it, even if you don't necessarily 100% believe it, then it will probably help that person open up and give you a more kind of honest opinion because you know they're not worried about pointing the finger you know going oh that was too much for me and you shouldn't have done that or mm -hmm. you know whatever yeah, yeah, that they might be worried that that's the way it comes across rather than that they're just saying oh, it, was, it made me a bit uncomfortable and I mean I'm not you know I didn't really enjoy that or you know whatever it happens to be so um, you know taking a bit of the flack is, is a good way of kind of yeah I, I kind of like I would even kind of go further to say instead of kind of seeing it like taking flack I mean it's the same thing but I just I just I'm saying this more because I know people that like this is my games mm -hmm. I just think if you're going to be saying that as a as a GM like this is my games and you, you should run it the way or you should play it the way I want you to run it I just think you're kind of missing the point and maybe that's controversial I don't know I just know all the best games I've played is by people that want to play with the players even when they're running games mm. they want to play and have everyone have fun doesn't mean that you you bend the rules and all that nonsense it's nothing like that it's just that you want people to feel safe to enjoy it and well have fun that's yeah. basically the point <clears throat> so it so when it comes to actually approaching people and saying how did you find that and like t talking about taking the flack for it I would go as far to say it doesn't really matter what you think you just say how did that go you know it's not my point is it doesn't matter what you think um, mm -hmm. as a GM if you're asking someone about something sensitive and how they feel about it it doesn't because for me like my barometer for like violent content like when mm -hmm. I almost said the name there when our pal had talked about that game with the sex bot in it um, the chameleon the sex bot um, with air quotes because um, he'd said like how was that he gave us a pitch and said how was it and we were like oh wasn't that whatever we, yeah. there was nothing in that that we thought was crazy that doesn't mean it wasn't an intense mm -hmm. game or anything it just means that our kind of resilience for the sort of content that was in it is, was enough to for it to not really bother us at all so when you're speaking to other players and you're checking if they're uncomfortable about it or not you know it's just approach it from that perspective like okay mm -hmm. how did that go for you and ultimately, if you're asking them, you're probably not sure how they've taken it. And that's probably the way to frame it. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you get upset at what they say, then I think you just need to 
pull your socks up a wee bit and kind of just come on I mean mm-hmm. if you want them to play you need to you need to come on just think about them it's not just about you yeah. but I think for the most part I don't think other than maybe one person I spoke to and one person I played with out of the years I've played this is there's only literally two people I've ever encountered um, and one was I've just heard about mm-hmm. out of those two that, that, that had almost there was certainly a kind of power thing about playing games that they had mm-hmm. um, but for the most part I'm sure you will all be fine with it because I'm sure like all of us, when we run games, um, you want your players to have fun too. So, yeah. I think then that kind of leads us on to the last couple of ones, and I had them as separate, but honestly, you're probably going to use them. If you use one, you'll use the other. Um, so, I'll maybe start with the. So, there's something I've never used this personally, but there's something called the X card. And what that is is basically, I can't remember if you give every player one or there's just one and you tap it. But basically the function of the X card is if you start doing something that crosses a line and it upsets someone, mm-hmm. the idea is they tap the card or they, they maybe raise their card to you. So they, so for those yeah. players that do get uncomfortable <clears> and don't want to tell you because they don't want to interrupt you or whatever they think they might be doing, um, you can then go, okay, cool. And you can just move on from it. And a great way to do that is by cutting to black, or I call it the curtain call, where you can, uh, oh... Let's say you're getting dragged into some pit for your guy to get butchered up by some monster. So you can explain that he gets dragged into the depths while you feel like uh, daggers and all that kind of starting to go up your legs. Maybe it's a tentacle with teeth on it or something. Who knows? Um, and then gets pulled into a door and the door slams shut and echoes throughout the hall. Um, you know, you can you can fade it there. You know, that's it. Cut to black. Fade it mm. out, or just or end it in a note where it happens all off yeah, yeah. camera, so to speak. That's something I use all the time um, not because I don't think players can handle it I just think it's a smoother you, you don't need to indulge the details and yeah. with the X card you can literally use that when when you need to use an X card or if somebody's identified the fact that they want that's too far I'm using my X card um, but most of the time even throughout your games I actually just recommend like instead of spending time especially something that's going to take more than five seconds like, in terms of like violence and stuff cut to black fade it out make it a barbaric blur a berserk blur yeah. you know do something like that to muddy what's happening so you can one tell the story quicker but mm-hmm. two also let the players imagine the rest of it because it's still going to get hit the notes that you want it to hit it's just not going to like make it look like you're indulging and just being a bit weird yeah. Um, so that's certainly the kind of two other things that I use all the time I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that to be honest I kind of summarised it but no I mean just exactly what Jordan's saying there um, in terms of the X card it's probably better if you give every single player one because again rather than you know depending on how big your group is as well rather than people having yeah. to kind of you know oh, where is it I go I don't, and reach you know, over and, a table oh it's there oh no so somebody else has got that it almost defeats the purpose of the convenient card reach around to try yeah. and grab it or whatever it it's putting them through whatever experience for a longer period of time than what they actually need to be there doing it for um, it, again you don't physically need a card for it you could have some other prearranged thing like literally just lifting your hand you know lifting two hands yeah. Team America Secret Signal you know whatever it is yeah. that you decide to do so there's other kind of versions of it I can using that kind of loosely there you know so there's other things that you can do but that is a concept something 
that's pre-arranged that lets the DM know, right, somebody's getting uncomfortable and you either stop, fade to black, or you just dial it back yeah. a little bit, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's pretty it's pretty easy to get your head around and again, there's different ways you can do that and again, just fading out a scene is pretty self-explanatory as well. Yeah, I mean, basically, you'll, you'll know how to do that. When you're running your games, it's it's very intuitive. I've never used an XCAD. I don't think I probably will. I mean, because I don't... I, I Most games I play are all of them I play with people I know. I don't need to yeah. bother with cards and that. Um, and I don't tend to go through horrible details. Mm-hmm. A great, I've seen people use lists as well. It's like checkboxes, like red, um, red um, amber, uh, green. Yeah, red, amber, green. I know my traffic lights, I promise. I do drive... Um, maybe that's how I get in so many accidents um, but I've seen people have lists of what is it are you comfortable with and they've got a list of stuff and one of the things I've seen this today and I was like this is ridiculous and one of the ones was about sexual content and it was like talking about it alluding to it sorry alluding to it talking about it in some detail explicit content with NPCs and then PC to PC explicit content I would actually argue, I think, now, you can do what you want with your games, mm-hmm. but for me, I don't really see the point in going into, like, like role-playing sex scenes at a table. I actually know groups that do this. I don't get the point of that, other than some form of gratification. Um, but in terms of even violent stuff, like sitting there and explaining five minutes how you slice somebody up for a torture scene... I just don't think it's it's very necessary. Not because it's a, like offends me or anything. I just don't see what you're getting out of that. Yeah. Now I could see. I said torture scene. I'm sure that there's reasons to have something like that in a game. But I'm just talking about just being gratuitous for five minutes about something. You know, yeah. or role playing something horrible. Like sex scene is a whole different one. I don't know why would just two people doing a sex scene at a table while everyone else watches. I just don't get it. Yeah. Um. I would say for anything that's like. Ex- and I mean like proper explicit like mm-hmm. anything that's like super horrible that's going to have more than 10 seconds worth of explanation that's happening I think best practice cut to black fade it out make it blurry mm-hmm. and let the narrative continue because I think all you're doing is if you indulge for 5 minutes about something explicit yeah. is you're risking bigger offence at the table mm-hmm. um, you're, you're risking more discomfort probably and you're slowing your game down to a point where it's like We've just effectively stopped this game while you indulge a little fantasy in your head. But I don't know. I've got strong feelings on that because I do know there's a lot of people I know that would be very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. I just don't get the point of uh, indulging that far into it. Maybe, maybe I'm missing the point. And if you've got a different opinion, I would be interested mm-hmm. in knowing what is it that you actually get out of. And I'm not just talking about sex scenes, right? But even explicitly. I had, I had someone in Alien die recently, an NPC, and I explained because he managed to survive all his death saves. Um, so he kept dying for like three rounds, and I'm like, stop and put him out of his misery. And I'm going, you need to do that, you're the players, put him out of his misery. That was three rounds. That wasn't even like 10 seconds. And they're like, no, I can't handle it anymore. Um, it's okay, the alien killed him anyway after that. But it's like, Sure, that was good because it made it made built the scene up. It made it more intense, and it, it made players panic, and it added more stress onto their stress rolls, which was great. Um, but you know, flip on the flip side, if it was a narrative thing I was talking about, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have now that only ran for three turns because it was in combat. But if we were outside of combat, or if they were witnessing from far away someone being killed by an alien, I would just get to the point in five seconds. I don't mm-hmm. need to indulge in the details and explain how everything blows to bits. 
Um, so I think just generally that was a long way to just say it's best practice cut to black or mm-hmm. not even cut to black if you still want some of the horrible details fuzz it up explain it and leave it to fuzz and kind of fizzle in their minds yeah. and move on keep things moving yeah and I mean <clears throat> like we the kind of extreme I don't think we've of, had a problem with what I was we've never had that at we, our table we haven't um, and maybe, maybe the Chihuahua <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, possibly, um, but in terms of the extreme violence thing, then I, I think possibly one of the kind of one of the kind of dangers of like RPGs in general is it's people kind of becoming a, a character. You know, they're they're doing something that they wouldn't ordinarily in their every everyday life so you know if there's somebody that's heroic then <clears throat> you know there's a building that's about to collapse and it's on fire so they run in and they come out with like four kittens and three puppies or whatever you know it, it's, it's to that extreme so when it becomes combat and again using combat rather than violence mm-hmm. then rather than it staying as combat it then becomes violence, and it, I mean, I kind of sideways kind of shoot from that. Is um, I don't know if you've ever seen. It's, it's just a wee short interview, and again, I don't know if anybody out there has also seen it. It's kicking about on YouTube somewhere. Can't remember exactly what it's under, but it's um, Christopher Lee talking to to the camera and Peter Jackson. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what this is, yeah. Yeah, so basically, if you haven't seen it, the long and the short is that Peter Jackson, when going through the Lord of the Rings, and spoilers, Christopher Lee doesn't make it. Um, so when he's dying, he gets stabbed in the back and they film it. Christopher Lee acts it out. Peter Jackson calls cut and he goes, no, 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 I want, I want it more, you know drama, you know, use your voice more and <clears throat> and then Christopher Lee turned around to him and went, listen, have you ever seen somebody get stabbed in the back before? And it's, you know, this kind of uh, no, kind of reaction and goes, well, I have and that's exactly how it happens. Now the background for that is that Christopher Lee during the Second World War was involved with different kind of clandestine you know, operations units out in the Middle East and wherever else. So, you know, it wasn't just somebody saying that and, you know, going, well, that's my interpretation and this is how it's doing it. No, he was, <laughs> he's genuinely talking about what happens. So, if, you know, if you take his word as being gospel, um, then, you know, that's an extreme violent act. It's not, you know, Combat where it's a kind of fair fight. Somebody sneaking up behind and try to kill somebody as quickly as possible. So when you then look at that and how little sound there is, how little flailing about there is, how you know how little there is in that scene, then it again kind of coming back to the point here. The extreme violence to me is nine times out of ten people that haven't been through extreme violence. They've, you know, the people that 
don't get involved in a lot of conflict in their life and this is their kind of this is their chance to you know reimagine themselves as somebody that's heroic <laughs> or tough or you know what whatever everything is kind of lacking with them that that's what they do or to give them the benefit of the doubt that they they've never seen extreme violence before so they <laughs> they're kind of going down the hollywood line and going oh, this is obviously what it's like you know but that's it's just my kind of take on it yeah, it's certainly something that it's just, I think for me, just to summarise those points, like the conversation is important and you'll probably be best having that ongoing, especially if it's new players. But having an ex card there to know, okay, I've maybe went too far and it can maybe help in these cases mm-hmm. where people indulge too long or people aren't, that's enough, please, stop. Yep. Um, but and then you can use your cut to blacks. So I do them all the time. I mean, a lot, some of my games are quite miserable because of the subject matter. If it's a cult game, for example, mm-hmm. one of the ones I had, it was all about people, hobos and drug addicts and stuff. It was pretty miserable, the whole game. But, I mean, it was still fun. It was just it was an intense mystery game. Yeah. Um, but I was cutting to black all the time in that mm-hmm. because we don't need to indulge in drug-taking habits. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We can, we can talk about it and it led to it and then fade and move. Um, but I, I think overall then that's basically covered and that's at least it's a shotgun blast it may, this might be a bit of a longer episode but this is a massive it wasn't until sitting down and starting to talk to you about this yeah. that I realised this is a huge subject I'm sure we might mm. do another part to it who knows yeah. but um, anyway I think then you've heard our take on various things when it comes to sens- sensitive subjects for players mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts about it have you get something different do you agree do you sort of agree but maybe maybe we went too far with this subject who knows maybe we've been too sensitive with sensitivity and mm. um, let us know i would say um where can they let us know yep so you can let us know on facebook you can get in touch through twitter there's discord as well instagram does exist albeit that that's maybe not the best way to get in touch but you can if you want um <clears throat> but yeah and if you're on Again, if you're watching us, if you can stomach looking at us, then you're braver than a lot of other folk. Braver um, than me, I don't even look at our videos. <laughs> well, there's the comments down there as well. And um, if you're, again, depending on what platform you're on, if you follow us or subscribe, depending on what it's worded like, um, you can like it as well, which helps us out, uh, or dislike it as well. It also gives us feedback of what's what you want to hear, what you want to see and what you don't. And uh, yeah, just in general, get in touch and do all that social media magic. Yep, so I think then we'll finish with that and well, we hope to catch you next time. So first of all, thanks for listening from me, Jordan. And from me as well, thanks. Thanks, see you later.